Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 the christians who teach today that god has changed the fourth commandment of the decalogue do so at great peril because it is part of the everlasting covenant it is part of the holy name that's pastor michael oxentenko and this is reaching your heart Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the conclusion to The Holy Name. Don't forget that you can find any of these messages in their entirety without interruption at reachingyourheart.com. Again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko now with the conclusion to The Holy Name. Today's Reaching Your Heart. So God spoke all these words. In fact, the Ten Commandments are called the Ten Words in Deuteronomy 4.13, saying, I am the Lord your God who. It's just like I am who. And what did he say before? I am, right? But here he says, I am the Lord your God who. But this time he doesn't say I am. He provides content to match the other side of the equation. I am the Lord your God who. Now here's what I am means. Who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Suddenly I am begins to make sense. I am who I am is said here again, but this time the statement, I am the Lord your God, is followed by spiritual and moral content. We learn the character of God in this equation. We learn what it means in the Ten Commandments. And thus God promised Moses, I have come to reveal my name to you. The other side of the equation is given here. First he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, which means I am your Savior and Redeemer. That's who I am first in your life before anything else. It starts with the fact that I save you, that I love you, I interact with you, and I bring you to myself. But secondly, he says, I am the Lord your God who is both moral and personal. You see, as soon as he says, I save you, he says, you shall not have any other gods in my face in the Hebrew or before me. You are to realize that I'm a jealous God. I love you. And therefore, and thus the Ten Commandments flow out of this, and it becomes the description of who God is. So the content of the Ten Commandments begins with God as our Savior, and then it moves to the Ten Precepts, which combined together gives us the content of the holy name of God. So when you refer to the divine name Yahweh, you are really talking about His moral law. It is an articulation of the character of God. In Psalms 119, verse 55, we have an amazing verse in the Bible. It says, I remember thy name in the night, O Lord. So when you remember the covenant name, look, how is it spelled in the Bible? L-O-R-D. All capital letters or not? Yes. So that is the covenant name. He says, if I remember your name, what do you do? I keep thy law. 
God's name, God's law are the same thing. If you had to spell God's name out, you would spell it with the ten words of Deuteronomy 4.13, which is the covenant. The Ten Commandments is how God spells His name. He spells it by saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's the first part of the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. And then it is completed by the ten. The first commandment. Let's go through them. You know, it's very often we don't go through God's commandments. Let's go through them. The first commandment begins with the proclamation that God is Savior who rescues us from slavery so that we will not have any other gods before Him. The second commandment says, don't worship any graven images that you make, things that look like anything in heaven or earth. He says, I don't want you making a copy of me or trying to clone me with a visual representation to bow down and worship. Don't bother. I'm God. Jesus said, those who worship the Father must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You can't do that if you're bowing down to an icon of Mary or you're bowing down to an image of St. Paul. In fact, I went to the Vatican a few years ago and I saw this famous image of St. Peter right there in the Vatican. And I was so enamored with how good those early Christians must have been at doing this magnificent sculpture work of St. Peter. And then I discovered that it wasn't St. Peter at all. It was the god Zeus from the pagan pantheon. They'd stuck it in there and they changed the name to Peter. It was really one of the pagan Roman gods. You know, we don't need that kind of thing in the Christian faith. We are to let God be God and keep the images out of the mix. The third commandment says, honor my name and don't take it in vain. I don't like people swearing in God's name. I don't like it when we use his name lightly. Why? Because God's name is God's law, His character, and God's name is a description of who He is. So you can't honor God's name if you willfully disregard His Ten Commandment law and you disregard even how you use His name. The fourth commandment says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In the Bible, the seventh-day Sabbath which falls on Saturday of every week from sundown to sundown, is the sign and seal of the holy name of God. And in the Bible, God's law is His covenant. The everlasting covenant, according to Hebrews 12, Jesus' blood ratified that at the cross of Calvary. The Sabbath as the creation covenant itself, and that it is, becomes the sign and seal of the name, the covenant name of God. As soon as you have the Sabbath in Genesis 2, 1 to 3, you have the first time the usage of Yahweh, the Lord, in Genesis 2, 4. In the fourth commandment, God says, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In Exodus 6, 15, God says, remember my name. In the fourth commandment, he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. He's using the same language. Moses will say in Exodus 31, 13, that the Sabbath is the sign of the holy name of the Lord. And whoever profanes it, he goes on to say, will lose their life because God is our life. We cannot have life unless we're connected with God. And thus the Sabbath is a loving institution placed at creation that God established for all humanity to help us as human beings understand who he is, what his character is like, to know him as a personal friend, and then to guide us into worship to know him by his name, the holy name. Ezekiel 20 verse 12 will later quote, Moses' statement, Exodus 31, Moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths as a what? A sign between me and them that they might know that I, the Lord, sanctify them. We know the Lord through that which He has given to lead us to the knowledge of God. 
The beast power in the book of Revelation, chapter 13, has a mark of his authority. God has a sign for his name. It's the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the sign and seal of God's covenant of who he is, his eternal name, his eternal covenant. And God's holy name has a sign and seal. And so the beast power wants to substitute a sign and a seal, a mark in the place of God's holy name and his Sabbath sign. So God says, remember my holy name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy in the fourth commandment. Let's pause here for a second. The fourth commandment is what number in the Decalogue? This is an obvious answer. You'll all get A's if you answer loudly. What? You get C minus if you don't answer loudly. What number is it? Four. Now, why would it be the fourth commandment? Now, the number four in the Bible is the number for the world, the four corners of the earth. In fact, the children of Israel were four times three, the number for God multiplied times four, the earth. They were to be a people that reaches the world. The angels are holding back the four winds at the four corners of the earth. So the fourth commandment is the only one in which he doesn't say, thou shalt not. It's the one in which he says, remember, because this commandment is for the whole world. In Mark 2, 27, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. So in Mark 2, 27, he says the Sabbath was made for the human race. And he uses the generic word for mankind in the Greek language. So number four means, hey, it's a global thing. It's not for the Jews only. It's for the human race. It was the institute of creation. So the first four commandments are vertical. They talk about us and our commitment to God. The fifth commandment is both vertical and horizontal. It points to God and it points to our parents. And so it brings us from heaven to earth. And it's a call to recognize legitimate authority in your life. Now, I've noticed this. We're living in a time when people don't recognize authority. They don't recognize in the church. We have disrespect of clergymen. We have disrespect of elders at times. There's disrespect of parents in the family. This is not God's way. The fifth commandment is to teach us that we are to respect God as our father and thus respect our fathers and mothers on earth as well. Honor your father and your mother, and that means both your earthly father and your heavenly father. Now, Galatians 4.26 says, Jerusalem above is our mother, and she is free. So we honor the kingdom of God, and we honor the holy name of our father God. We honor the heavenly Jerusalem when we honor God's truth. And you can't do that if you disregard his holy law, which is his name. And from this truth flows respect for our parents on earth. You ever had a son or daughter in your family who mouthed you back? No, mommy. You ever hear that? But mean like, not like I disagree, but like, I'm not going to do it. Well, you know, in love, a parent is to have authority in their home. I'm not talking about dictatorial authority or mean authority, but strong authority. Because when you teach the authority that is necessary for that child to have a proper self-esteem, you're communicating what will be necessary for them to have in their relationship to God. The last five commandments are empowered by the first five, and they have very much to say as to how we treat each other. The sixth commandment says, do not murder. The seventh commandment says, do not commit adultery. The eighth commandment says, do not steal. The ninth commandment says, do not lie or bear false witness against your neighbor. And the tenth commandment says, don't even think evil and don't wish you had something that belongs to another. Do not covet. The law of the mind matters as part of the law of God. So attitudes matter. These Ten Commandments, with the truth on the front side, that God is our Savior, is the content of God's holy name. So if I were to quiz you next week and I were to ask you, what is God's name based on Scripture, what would be the answer? The Ten Commandments. 
It is equivalent to God's name. God's law and God's name are the same thing. In Deuteronomy 4.13, God told Moses that the Ten Commandments is as a unit the covenant that he has given to his people. Now, how old is God's name? Does God's name, you know, here today, was it invented for Moses? If God is an eternal being, which he is, how far back does his name go? It goes back into eternity, doesn't it? So if it goes back into eternity, and God's name is the covenant because it is the law, then what is the everlasting covenant in the Bible? It's God's name. And the Ten Commandments is an expression of the eternal covenant of God. So God was revealing who he was to Moses, the holy name. In Deuteronomy 6, 8, God said they are to put that name, the words of the law, on the forehead between the eyes and your hand. It's to go there as believers. Hebrews says it is the new covenant. God will write his covenant on our hearts, and they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Now, it's amazing. Revelation 13, that is where the mark of the beast goes. That's where the world kingdom system, that religio-political power at the end, will go for those who worship the beast in his image. It will take the place where God's name and law should go, the forehead, and it will put the mark of the beast there, which means the law of the beast, the sign of the beast, in place of God's sign and law. And thus it will be God over the people of the earth instead of God being God. And the mark of the beast is thus forced in the place of the sign of God, which is the seventh-day Sabbath. You know, there's no missing it. If you look at this, the mark of the beast is a direct attack upon the fourth commandment and thus a direct attack upon the name of God at the very end. The Sabbath is not an optional commandment in the Ten Commandments. The Christians who teach today that God has changed the fourth commandment of the Decalogue do so at great peril. Because it is part of the everlasting covenant. It is part of the holy name. Reaching Your Heart will continue with Pastor Michael Tanko in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on the Salem Radio Network, on Sirius XM, and on WAVA in the Washington, D.C. area because we believe... God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages are prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you've been blessed by our ministry, please go to the website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. 888-244-4673 is a telephone number to call. 888-244-4673. Please consider picking up the telephone and making a donation today. Thank you. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko on today's Reaching Your Heart. Friend, Jesus came to this earth to reveal the holy name of God to us personally. Turn to John 17, verse 6. Jesus said, I have manifested thy name to the men whom thou hast given me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. God's law and God's name are the same thing. And when we learn of God's name, we learn to obey his word, to keep his law. In the end, that the mark of the beast, disobedience and faithfulness will be institutionalized as the law of the land. There will be a direct attack upon the everlasting covenant. God's name will be assaulted as the law of the land comes into conflict with the law of God. As the sign and seal, which is the seventh day Sabbath, is put on hold and attacked by the mark of the beast, which is an attack upon the fourth commandment of the Decalogue. 
And thus the world will gather together against the people of God and against His name. That's what Revelation 13 is saying. Revelation 14 verse 1 describes those who gain the victory over the mark of the beast. Follows in the chapter immediately after the mark of the beast. Then I looked... And lo, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb. Now, I want to go where Jesus goes. I don't want to follow men. I don't want to follow churches. I don't want to follow preachers. I want to follow Jesus. When I get my Bible out and I read it and I treat it right, I know the Lord and I can follow Him. So it says, these are those. It says, I looked on Mount Zion and stood the Lamb. And with Him, 144,000. That's 12,000 times 12. And you can factor it down. You come to four and threes and tens. Ten. A thousand is ten times ten times ten. Did I get it right? Yeah. Right? I did. And then twelve is four times three and so on. You got those beautiful numbers in there. 144,000 had his name and his father's name written where? The key point. Where is it written? On their foreheads. The place where the name goes, there his name will be at the end. Where the law goes in Deuteronomy 6. That's where the mark of the beast is trying to go. And God says, no, I want my holy name there. The holy name describes God as our Savior and Redeemer who brought His people out of Egypt. And as the one whose character is the same as the Ten Commandments, the name of God is in the forehead of His people. Where the will is at, there the moral nature of God is found. Revelation 14, 12 describes these people who have the holy name of the Father and the Son written in their foreheads instead of the mark of the beast. And this is a key verse. Revelation 14, 12, the last part of the third angel's message. The last message that precedes, there's a fourth angel that comes. But in Revelation 14, it's pictured as the last of the three. Christ comes as soon as the third angel's message is given. And the third angel has in it this statement that the worshipers of the beast have no rest day or night. And the word that's used in verse 11 of Revelation 14 is Sabbath rest in the Greek language. They don't have anapausis, the kind of rest that is renewed again and again and again. They miss it. And so when the victory group is summarized in principle, the very essence of God's name is placed in Revelation 14:12 to describe who it is that gets the victory over the mark of the beast. It says, here is a call for the endurance of the saints. Revelation 14, 12, those who keep what? The commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. You know, they have God as Savior through Jesus by faith, and they keep the Ten Commandments. Thus, they have the name of God on their foreheads. So God's law and God's name is the same thing. And when you know that name right, you know Jesus as Savior. You're not a legalist. And you'll keep every one of those Ten Commandments because the cross matters to you, because what Jesus did matters to you, and God's love matters to you. And thus the law is put in your heart on your forehead in principle. As beautiful as the law is in written form, I stay awake nights studying the Bible linguistically. It's my entertainment. I was up till 3 o'clock the other night just loving it. There is fertile fields in that place. But as beautiful as the law is in written form, friend, it points to the living law who is Jesus at the deeper level. There's a heart within the law that beats because the law ultimately is not stone. The law is who Jesus is. And Jesus is more beautiful than the written law that points to him without disagreement. You see, you can't separate the name of God from Jesus who carries the name to reveal it. It says in John 17, you've given me this name to reveal to them. God's name is in the Son of God. God's character, His covenant. That's why He is the messenger of the covenant. 
That's why what God promised in eternity was given when Jesus proceeded from the Father to create the universe and then to save the world and the universe by doing so at the cross. God's name is in the Son of God. And Paul says there's no other name by which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. Friend, in Jesus Christ, we have a perfect example of what it means to honor God and keep the Ten Commandments. In Christ, the name of God is clearly understood and seen. The living word is Jesus. And Jesus lived out the law of God and he spoke the word of God without disagreement. What he said and what he did all worked out well. Friend, Jesus is the messenger of the covenant in your life who reveals the holy name at the cross of Calvary. You know, we are standing between two mountains today. Mount Sinai and Golgotha. And we must come to Golgotha to really see the glory of the name. Because as clear as Sinai is, the cross is clearer as to what the name is. What is the deepest principle of the moral Ten Commandment law of God, of who God is? How do we discern the depths of that law? How do we see the character of the infinite God? When you boil it all down to two commandments, it's love for God first and love for others next. And the law of Moses commanded us to love your neighbors yourself, right? But at the cross, we see a deeper principle of the law than this. It goes deeper in than this. There we see the lawgiver, the one who is the law, the one whose name is everlasting, the I am the shepherd, the I am the light of the world, the great I am God hanging on a cross, bleeding and dying in agony for my sins and yours and the whole world too. We see the lawgiver loving others more than himself, not as himself, more than himself. And so we see the ability to articulate the law cracking open, and we see the law of love being manifest, the glory shining out of the most holy place. We see the lawgiver, the heart of the lawgiver, who was God in human form in the end, gave himself until there was nothing left to give, until the treasury of heaven was bankrupted, until the heart of God was emptied at the cross, until God himself was torn apart from God himself. For God so loved the world he gave, the holy name, the holy name, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Selflessness is the core principle of the law was manifested at the cross that the deity has sufficient capacity to exercise self-renouncing love. And thus God is his law. Friend, the holy name is the Ten Commandment law of God. When a preacher or church teaches you that God nailed that law to the cross and changed it, they are agreeing with the beast power in the book of Revelation. They are attacking the core principle that is at the heart of God's love that brought Jesus to the cross. You can't change the character of God that made it so at Calvary. The holy name is the Ten Commandment law of God. And the Bible reveals it in the life of Jesus and his death at the cross of Calvary. God signed, according to the book of Hebrews, his covenant in blood in Hebrews 13, 20. With the blood of Jesus, he signed the everlasting covenant. It was ratified, according to Hebrews 9. The holy name appears the clearest from the glory that shines from the cross. Hallowed be thy name. Dear heart and dear friend, let's quote John three sixteen together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John 1.12, John says, Those who believed in his name 
he gave power to become the children of God. Friend, Jesus has that holy name within him. If you want to see the law, look at Jesus. But it's not legalism you see there. It's a loving outworking of the character of God. And Jesus is the deepest revelation of the love of God and the law of God. That's why Revelation 7 says the Lamb who is in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. At the heart of God's authority is Jesus. In Jesus Christ, the law of God is not just letters on stone anymore. The law is the holy name of Jesus. And you know, we learn at the cross that the law is a broken heart. Just like the tables of the law were broken, the law is a broken heart. And there is no name whereby men must be saved but that name, the name of Jesus. When you call on the name of Jesus, you're calling on the name of the I am God. I am the Lord. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So friend, let's call on the name of Jesus in our prayer life. Let's take the Lord's Prayer seriously. And let's remember that in the Bible, all this complexity comes into beautiful harmony when we realize that God is love. He loves us. He wants to save our families. And we need that table talk with him. And we need most of all to know that the God who sits on the throne of the universe wants to be on our forehead and in our heart. May you be blessed with the personal God in your life, the I am Lord, God of the covenant. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We so appreciate your contributions. And for a donation of any amount, we have a very special offer for you today. Have you ever wondered what happens five minutes after death? Do you long for the assurance of eternal life? Is there a longing in your heart for something beyond this life? Dark Tunnels and Bright Lights by Mark Finley is the message of hope you need. This book presents the real truth about life after death, and that truth is more amazing than you can imagine. Call for your copy today. Here's the information you need. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Your donations help us keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Call now. 888-244-HOPE. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart.